Is this the beginning of the end for social media as we know it? A former Facebook employee released thousands of pages of secrets. CEO Mark Zuckerberg, quick to apologize in the past, is trying a new tactic. Deny, deny, deny. Frances Haugat made waves when she became the latest whistleblower in the public eye. Testifying before a congressional committee, she compared Facebook to the tobacco companies of years ago. They knew the detrimental effects of their products. So does Facebook, Haugen claims. Especially troubling is the effect of social media on the self-esteem of girls and women. One senator said that the damage to self-interest and self-worth inflicted by Facebook today will haunt a generation. And both sides of the aisle are showing concern. There's no doubt about it. Even the best things humans invent can be twisted by sin. But thankfully, the gospel wasn't invented by us. Jesus did it all. All to him we owe. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series that has really blessed me this week, called Your God, My God. Redemption. It's a word we often hear about when studying literature and even film. It's a redemptive movie. This book is full of redemption. Often we're talking about a character who writes a wrong or who does something heroic. But isn't it interesting that even in our modern world, people love to read a story of redemption? But even more, it points us to the coming Redeemer, Jesus, the son of David, And one more striking fact, Ruth happens to be David's great-grandmother. Only God could write such a story, a true story at that, but one of redemption and grace found in the ancient times of Israel. Now, in these next few minutes, we'll continue to look at the developing relationship between Ruth and Boaz. Naomi sends Ruth on a mission to see if Boaz will redeem the name of Ruth's dead husband. It was risky. You'll find out why soon. But the redeeming action of Boaz reflects the beautiful work of salvation that his future descendant, Jesus the Messiah, would provide for the world. Now, just before we get to that great story, I want to remind you that Haven Today exists to point people to the great story found in Jesus. And we can only do that by your generous support. So as a thank you for your gift to our ministry, I want to send you another great story that leads the greatest story called The Case for Christ. It follows the conversion of a hard-nosed journalist named Lee Strobel, who is bent on proving Christianity wrong, but in the end bows his knee to Jesus. It's entertaining, yes, but it's also encouraging to watch. Even more, it's a great DVD to share with skeptical family and friends. I know it will help you start genuine conversations about your Savior. So after this program, call us. Make a gift to the ministry Haven today, and we'll send you a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. And let us know if you'd like to make an extra gift to send a copy directly to a skeptical friend or family member. Our number to call after the program is 800 654 
800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can watch more from the movie and make your gift on our website at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's get started with a song by Laura Story, a song that she is so well known for, a song that will bless us today. Atoning sacrifice, keeper of this life. Savior by Laura Story. Opening this haven today, and I'm Charles Morris. Jesus is Lord. That has been the cry of the church for 2,000 years now. But here comes the million dollar question Who is Jesus? 
Is he just a great man, or was he just a wise rabbi? Is he a self-help guru, or the first public relations expert? Or is he something far better? The Bible gives us the answer. Jesus Christ is God the Son, who came in the flesh and redeemed those who believe in him. Without the Old Testament, we would have a very difficult time figuring out who Jesus was, why he even needed to come, and then what he did. And throughout this series, we've mentioned what we call the gospel according to Ruth. I hope and I pray that you've come to see Jesus in this short book like I have. And today, well, today we have the clearest picture of all. It all started out with a risky plan. Naomi saying to her daughter-in-law, Ruth, Tonight, Boaz will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your finest clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he is finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Now women didn't take part in end-of-harvest celebrations at the threshing floor. But that didn't stop Naomi or Ruth. The young widow did as her mother-in-law instructed. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. You know, I've always felt a great deal of sympathy for Boaz in this situation. He was certainly tired after all the excitement of both the barley harvest and then the celebration that followed. And have you ever awakened with a start, convinced that someone was watching you? It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Well, Boaz woke up, and there was someone there. Can't you almost see him jump when he sees Ruth at his feet? But we can also imagine the smile that came to his face when he found out the identity of this nighttime intruder. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Ruth was requesting marriage. The guardian redeemer was the one who was supposed to redeem his clan member when they were in trouble. And in this case, he was supposed to marry the widow of his relative so that the dead man's name would carry on. But the question was, would Boaz do it? Would he redeem Ruth? If we've been paying attention to the story so far, there's only one answer that we could expect. Yes, yes, he would. So he told Ruth, I will do for you all you ask, although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family. There is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. Naomi wanted to know, did her plan work? So Ruth told her that not only did Boaz agree to redeem her, but he even sent her home with more food. What a guy, this Boaz. 
gracious and merciful through and through. And of course, he points us to someone who is even more gracious and merciful through and through. Someone who never sends us away empty-handed. Jesus Christ, our Savior. And then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. No obstacle would stand in his way. In fact, that very next morning, Boaz went to the city gate where all the decisions were made and the leaders met, and he set the process in motion. I don't know about you, but I don't live in a city with a wall or a gate. That isn't how we do things anymore. But back then, a city without gates or walls was unprotected. It was an easy target. So the gate became an important place because that's the only way you could get in or out of the city. Basically, the city gate was a combination town hall, courtroom, and even a marketplace. So let's pick up the story the morning after the threshing floor. And Boaz, walking to the city gate. This was a legal issue in ancient Israel, after all. It involved property. It involved marriage. And sure enough, here comes the other family member who is more closely related to Naomi and Ruth. Boaz, not wanting to waste any time, calls out, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Naomi told Ruth that nothing would stop Boaz from doing what he had to do, and her prediction came true. Boaz tells the other man about the property he needed to buy, and the other man agreed. But then comes the rest of the news. On the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. And at this... The guardian redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it, because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. This would be one of those times when I wish we all knew Hebrew, because there's something going on here beneath the surface. When Boaz called the other guardian redeemer, my friend, he was really saying something like, What's your name? Or, Mr. So-and-so. And this... Mr. So-and-so was only interested when he thought it was to his own advantage. After all, who wouldn't want more property and more money? But he would have to marry Ruth, too. And as soon as a son was born from this marriage, the property would revert back to him as the heir of the dead man. Mr. So-and-so didn't want that. Why would he make this sacrifice if he didn't get anything out of it? And that's exactly why we don't even know this man's name. He was selfish and didn't act to keep his clan member's name alive. So he isn't even remembered by anyone, much less remembered in Holy Scripture. But we do know the name of Boaz. And he did take action. And he made sure that Ruth would have a husband and a son, even though he would not get any financial benefit even though the property would go back to Naomi's family, and so the Lord included Boaz's name in Scripture as the ancestor of Jesus Christ. Both Ruth and Boaz 
were acting out of love. And not just love for each other. Now, that's something we really don't always think about, do we? This is, after all, a love story. There can be no denying of that. And in the end, Boaz and Ruth did love each other. But there was more going on than just boy meets girl, and they fall in love. What's happening here is faith. Boaz and Ruth are doing these things not just because of marital love, but also so that the generations of Israel could continue, so that the family would still have a stake in the promised land. They're doing these things because they believe God's promises to his people. And sure enough, as providence would have it, Ruth soon gave birth to a long-awaited son. And Naomi became the foster mother of her grandson, Obed. As he grew older, he would be responsible for protecting her and providing for her as well. Ruth, the Moabitess, is now known to us as Ruth, the great-grandmother of King David. She was a member of the people of Israel, just as much as Rebekah, Leah, and Rachel before her, and just as much as Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute, turned mother of Boaz. And the last word in Ruth, in both the English and Hebrew, is David. You see, the story has been moving towards David or David all along. Even in the dark times of the judges, when Israel needed a leader to act righteously, the Lord was providing just such a man. And through this king, our God was making a way for the Savior, the King of Kings. We can't always know what God is doing, but we can know He is good. And the reason we know this is because of Jesus. And this is the great story. That's all about him. And in a way, we can see who Jesus is and what he has done when we think about Boaz. Boaz sacrificed for Ruth, Naomi, and his clan. David sacrificed for his nation. But Christ sacrificed himself to the point of death on a cross for his bride and his spiritual family that would encircle the whole world. Boaz gave rest to Ruth by giving her security. David gave rest to Israel by defeating her enemies. But Christ gives everlasting rest to his people by dying and rising again for them. Boaz made sure the name of the dead would continue in the land. David made sure that the people of Israel would rise in power and not be wiped out by their enemies. But Christ Jesus made sure that the dead would rise again. And if you are trusting in Jesus, you can know that he did this for you. What a Savior. What a God. What a guardian, Redeemer. Wonderful, merciful Savior. Rescue the souls of men. Oh.
Well, there you have it. Wonderful, Merciful Savior by Selah from their Greatest Hymns album here on Haven Today. I hope that you have been as blessed as I have by looking at the book of Ruth with me this week. It all began when Elimelech, Naomi, and their sons set out to find bread because they were hungry. Israel was in a famine. They left Bethlehem, the house of bread, to go find something to eat. But as you have seen and heard this week, if you've been with me all week, the story leads us ultimately to the living bread himself, who was born in Bethlehem. Ruth is full of astonishing connections like this. So you need to come back again tomorrow as we wrap it up together. In some ways, the lack of bread reminds me of Lee Strobel's conversion. He was a man with no bread. And he, too, went on a journey. But, of course, he was only seeing what he could see until that moment when the living bread, Jesus, changed his life forever. I want to send you this true story called The Case for Christ for your gift to Haven Today. I know you'll be greatly encouraged as you watch Lee's spiritual journey. But don't miss the unique opportunity this movie can give you to share your Jesus with skeptical family and friends. Invite them over. Serve them something. Enjoy the movie together. But ask in prayer for the Lord to open doors to talk about faith and to talk about your Savior. So why don't you call us? Would you do it right now? But be as generous as you can and be sure and ask for a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. If you haven't already, you need to call us right now at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And let us know if you'd like to send another copy to someone you care about. We can do that for your gift. We can even ship it directly to them for free. You can also give by visiting our website. And that internet address is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And while you're there, watch the movie trailer we've put up and check out the extended interview that I did with Lee on our Great Stories podcast. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share the final page in the final chapter of Ruth. It's all about the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's simply incredible how accurate fire science has come. Using satellites and chemical analysis, they can identify the origins of a fire, usually within a few acres in a forest, or a few feet if they're investigating a house fire. Well, the Lord knows where most of our fires start, the tongue. James 3 says the tongue is like that little spark that sets a forest ablaze. The Lord can trace it back, and he can pinpoint its exact origins. The conclusion, whether in person or using social media, Use your words wisely. Maybe even help put some fires out instead of pouring gas on the flames. Let your speech match your devotion to Christ. His words bring life and liberty. 
Let Anchor Devotional help you spend more time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.